0: the mess it up podcast where we take your mess and turn it into a message and now here's a bowtie guy Hey guys, it is the Mess It Up podcast. We are here on show 125. That's a quarter way through our second century, if you're keeping track. And uh, I'm super excited to have uh, my guest on today. Uh, We'll get to him in just a little bit, but I'm sure you're going to enjoy his story as well. Uh, If this is your first time joining the show, welcome. Uh, It should be an entertaining half an hour-ish kind of a thing for you, but if it's a you're a long time listener you know that we've got some things that we got to go through before we can get anywhere and one of those is the word of the week and the word of the week this week is internment which means uh that you have been you're in a state of being confined as a prisoner so it'll be more clear to you later why we i chose that word of the week this week but um, if you can use that word in a sentence this week, give yourself 10 bonus points for every time you do it and smile at someone as you uh, get really fancy with your vocabulary. Uh, also, for uh, new listeners, we'd love for you to check us out on our Facebook page. You can like that. It's uh, Mess It Up Podcast on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We are on Instagram. We take lots of pictures uh, and do lots of fun things. Every time I take a road trip, uh, you get to see the bow tie guy out on the road. So you can follow that hashtag bowtie road trip um, link and uh, you'll see all the pictures from all the interesting places that i've been uh believe it or not we are on myspace because why not you know it's there it's free so we're on there we don't get a lot of traffic but i figure you know we just want one more person to, to find christ and if that's where we find him well god bless us uh you can also uh keep track of us on reddit we keep uh, a subreddit there under messed up ministries and you can join in the uh, conversation along those lines as well if you're interested in learning more about who this bow tie guy is, uh, my book is out. It is available on Apple Books. It is available on Kindle if you go to Amazon. And you can also on Amazon, you can order your very own paperback copy of that book. It's called Still in Beta. So uh, check it out in those places. We'd love to have you give it a rating and a review. Same thing with the show give us a rating and a review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or soundcloud or spotify or wherever you're listening to this podcast just go ahead and give us a review so that more people can find the show final little piece if you are interested in helping out more than just writing a review or buying a book you can become a patron of this show we are supported by our listeners and uh, their generous donations and if you'd like to become a patron you go to mess it up podcast Dot com On the front page of the website there, there's a little button right underneath the current show link, and it says become a patron. If you become a patron for as little as $1 a month, you can help support the show financially, pay the bills for uh, web services and uh, hosting and graphic development and all that kind of stuff. And we like to say thanks to all of our patrons by giving them some swag. So depending on what level you sign up for, you might get a window sticker or a T-shirt or a little uh, oil rag with uh, the mess it up punch podcast logo on it because sometimes you need a tiny rag for a mess and sometimes you need Jesus to clean up the big one uh so you are more than welcome to uh, become a patron everyone who signs up on patreon also gets a free copy of the book in the format of their choice so check that out and if you're not happy with what you've done you can always cancel it any time and if you're really unhappy write me a letter and I'll give you your money back because uh, we don't want to hold anyone hostage we just want to keep the word going so uh, I think we're done with all of the upfront stuff and that means we are ready to meet my special guest here this is my uh, my friend I've known this fellow for a couple of years uh through prison fellowship and I want to introduce Bill Maxwell to you guys how are you guys doing today nice to be on the show thanks Paul you are very welcome, Bill. Um, it's super good to have you. Bill is, uh, well, tell him what you do uh, for Prison Fellowship, Bill.
1: So I am the field director for the entire Central Valley. And what that means is I go throughout the entire Central Valley to all the prisons and start programs within the institutions that are faith-based oriented.
0: Okay, so Central Valley of California, for those listeners who are not here, is uh, basically Bakersfield north to... Ready. Chukchilla.
1: Uh, say Chukchilla right now. Chukchilla?
0: Okay. And uh, so how many prisons are under your umbrella? I have
1: 15 uh, prisons right now under okay. my
0: umbrella. And mm-hmm. are there more that um, we're working on trying to get into that fall into your, your territory there? Or are all the ones in your territory being served by Prison Fellowship right now? Well, I wish
1: they were all uh, served, being served by Prison Fellowship. Some of them aren't. Uh, I'm working on getting the hardest part of my job is getting volunteers, finding those who want to go into prison and who honestly have a heart for it. Because it's not every day. It's not like I can go into a church and go, hey, welcome to prison fellowship. This is what we do. And then get a huge flood of people who say, I want to go into prison because that does not happen. I might get one. The majority time I get none uh, from a church that want to go inside and prison ministry. A
0: lot of lawyers make a lot of money keeping people out of prison. It's not a place that people (laughs) tend to want to go. If you don't believe me and Bill, just go into any room, wherever you are, go to Walmart. Well, you might get different. Maybe this is a great science experiment, but just go in places and just yell, hey, who wants to go to prison? and and see who raises their hand the people who raise your hand you either want to go hug or you want to run from depending on where you are again if it's church i'd give them a hug if if you're just standing in walmart or something like that maybe maybe you want to avoid those folks but yeah it's not everybody's dream to get in no
1: not at all Uh, it it wasn't my dream either what led you to this well uh a little fungal spore led me to this uh valley fever uh for those who aren't familiar with it. It's a little fungal spore within the Central Valley of California, sporadic parts of the world and typically in the desert areas. uh, Kind of started my route to this, but my journey to where I'm at has been a long process of me fighting with God, finding myself, and then really understanding what his will was for me.
0: Ah, you're unique. I am very. <laughs> yeah, none of us have done that. Yeah. Tell us about your story then, Israel. Uh, let, start us at uh, somewhere in the beginning. Let's hear uh, your wrestling with God.
1: So uh, I grew up in church, um, a very, very small church in Bakersfield, California. And I just kind of went through the motions growing up. You know, I, I thought I really believed the, the stories that I was told when I was younger. Uh, but I, I just really never had that really solid foundation of who Christ is and was and what he's done for me. Um, at the, after high school, I went to the military, uh, went to the Air Force, was stationed in Germany, uh, did a tour in Iraq. And really during that time, I, I, I was like, you know what, I'm my own idol. I'm my own God. Uh, I pretty much make the decisions for myself.
0: Yeah, was that and call to the military something you had always wanted to do? Was it a response to 9-11? No, I, wa- I was
1: I was actually joining prior 9-11. So I was pre-9-11, but I didn't graduate till after 9-11. My uh, my entry date was after a year after 9-11. Okay. And so once I got out, I'm still fighting with myself. Um, joined the Kern County Sheriff Department, and did that for 10 years. And during that time, uh, I get married. Um, I have a wonderful wife uh, that you've met. And uh, it was during that time, she was getting blessed and having all these fantastic things happen to her, and God was blessing her. I became extremely jealous because she was having all these things happen to her. So I went out to prove her wrong. Mm. And so I actually turned to my old Sunday school teacher and asked, where do I start? Cause that's the route I wanted to start going, well, if God is such this awesome being, I can pretty much find every hole in this story. So I started reading the book of John. And then I read the entire gospel and I started getting to Romans. And when I started reading Romans, that kind of kicked me in the gut uh, because I started seeing myself as if the Bible is being written about me. Mm -hmm. And I remember sitting in my patrol car one day up on a hill and I was bawling. And at that time, I was like, I just I give up. I give up. And so at the time we were going to a church down in Bakersfield, and I ended up going to a men's retreat um, a couple of weeks later. And up on uh, at this men's retreat, uh, there was a hill that you had to climb and three crosses. And so I walked up to the hill, and I just said, "I'm tired. I'm just tired. I was physically, emotionally, spiritually tired." And I gave myself to Christ on that hill. And I remember coming home and I was just on fire then because it was just, it was a phenomenal thing. And then I just, I just unloaded uh, every dirty detail that I've ever done in my life. And, um, so that started my, unloaded
0: with a friend or unloaded on your wife, my wife, (laughs) I just Uh, back the truck up and push dump.
1: Yeah, pretty Uh. much. And, um, and so I started this process of finding who I was. I have no idea. I had no idea what God had in store for me, what He had planned. So I just kept on going on my business. Mm-hmm. And then I, at our uh, church at that time, I started teaching Sunday school. It started off with a VBS. That's how it started, and I loved it so much, interacting with the kids, teaching about Jesus, and um, that led to me. Teaching Sunday school for several years, so I taught fifth and sixth grade, and I also taught high school. And I had mentioned to the pastor a couple times, you know, I think God's calling me to something else. I just don't know what. I think I want to get into ministry, but I just don't know what I what my niche is. And so I had all these opportunities come that God's given me favor for, and. I, again, my own vanity, I knew better than God. And (laughs) so I shut that door because I didn't trust him enough that he was going to be able to provide for my family and I. So I would shut that door. Another one would open. I would shut that one. And then finally, after defying him for so long, um, I caught Valley Fever really bad. And I was out for several months and my Valley Fever attacks Uh, your bones so it it parallels rheumatoid arthritis Mm. and for those who have RA I sympathize with you because it was the most painful experience I've ever had from my shoulders down to the tips of my fingers and toes everything hurt it hurt to move it hurt to breathe it hurt to walk Um, and so I just go okay God I'm trusting you on whatever you have for me right now so, one day I had a talk with my wife and she goes, I don't think you can do your job anymore. And I had to come to grips. I like, I think you're right. I can't protect myself. Uh, the last thing I want happen is for something bad happen to me and I lose my life
0: mm-hmm. because
1: I'm too stubborn um, to realize what's going on. So, I am looking for another job. At the time, I'm still recovering. And so I type in ministry jobs in Kern County. (laughs) You just hit the old Google, huh? That's exactly right. I hit ministry jobs in Kern County. Prison fellowship was the only one that pops up on my screen. Everything else was out of county, out of state. And so I pull up uh, prison fellowships and they had the field director position. And so I pull it up and I was like, I meet like two of the criteria on this do you believe in Jesus and are you willing to travel? And so I apply and I don't think I either go, I'm going in the back of my head. There's no way that they're gonna give a cop, someone who puts people into prison, a chance to go into prison at all. And so um, I met my boss, Audrey. And so I do my interviews with her and I go up the chain and. Next thing I know, I'm getting a job offer. <laughs> and it was right then when I finally got that offer that I see the whole where God was in this entire thing and what he was planning for me and all the trials that I had to go through and all, and everything he laid out for me. And so since September 28th, 2018, uh, I've been employed with a prison fellowship. October 2nd is the day that I went to the sheriff's department when I quit. Mm. and i haven't looked back i don't miss it um it's one of the best decisions i've ever done truthfully and uh i i love what i do wholeheartedly love what i do because i get to serve the lord do his will and you know bring people to him yeah. that they've never that never really would have given them a
0: chance now so, you've yeah. you've told me a little bit about when you were a cop uh the uh uh, the backstreet minister the backseat ministry that <laughs> yeah tell people that
1: so when after becoming a believer um i was i was a very stern officer um for those who knew me uh i i would give you a break but that was it was very very slight now after i became saved i started giving grace to everybody i I started feeling bad for people. Um, yeah, I mean, you name it, my heart went out to them. And so every person that I came in contact with or had to go to jail, see, it took me 45 minutes to an hour to get down to the jail where I was stationed. So I had a very captive audience. (laughs) And so every time we'd go to jail or we'd go down to the mental health clinic, I would sit there and talk about, Hey, you know, who Jesus is, Do you know what he's done for you? And so I would sit there and have a little ministry talk and share the gospel with these people. And some wanted to hear it. Some didn't. Some got saved from it because I would see them on the streets later. And they're like, hey, what you talked to me and told me in the car, I am changed. I go to church now and this is what I'm doing. I'm not that same person anymore. God has healed me. God has healed my relationship with my wife or my husband, this or that. And I started to see, and then I got more confirmation when I would run into the same people and they're like, something's different about you. I'm like, really? What do you mean? They're like, I go, have I lost weight? And they're like, no, there's something different about you. You're, you're just, you're changed. You're not mm-hmm. the same person you once were. And it was right then and there. I was like, oh, God has been working on me and I don't even notice it. Yeah. But when other people start noticing it, now I'm on to something.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, um when you were in the military, what did you do? What was your your job for the Air Force? Uh,
1: I was military police. Obviously, police. police is in my police is in my veins. I'm a so, second generation law enforcement officer.
0: Okay. So, long history with law enforcement. How how did that play out in your head as you're contemplating this job with with prison fellowship and what that is there is it a big clash? Is it an easy thing to justify? How did that work? It, you know, in my head, it was at war with
1: itself. Um, you know, cause you get told so many things, you get told uh, throughout training stuff that people aren't gonna change at all. You know, nothing's, no one changes. Well, I'm kind of proof that people can change. And so it was, it was, cutting through all that mentality that was kind of shoved into you that you believed and inserting that now with truth and grace and forgiveness and hope. And so, um, you know, for a good couple months, it was, it was, it was at times hard to swallow, but I had to sit there and take a step back and see what God's picture was for me and go, you know what, I'm not this person anymore. I'm not I don't have a badge. I don't have a gun anymore. I'm not that person anymore. And I had to sit there and go, all right, God, you have me for the long haul. Uh, I know you're going to show me something bigger. And um, that's that's what exactly has been happening is seeing his, his plan unfold in front of me.
0: Amazing. Yeah. And, and God does amazing things, which kind of leads us to uh, the song of the week that I asked Bill to pick. Bill went old school-ish on us and uh, I was really tickled when he did uh, because uh, he asked me to uh, play some Striper for us. So this is a song called Yahweh uh, from Striper from a couple years back. We'll see you in about 90 seconds from now uh, to let you know our thoughts and talk a little bit more about what Bill's doing now in the prison. So we'll see you in about 90 seconds. So there you go folks striper you can never have enough striper in your life uh yellow and black attack is always going to be my thing regardless of um of what anybody says i just don't care uh and uh, uh, matthew sweet as the uh human time keeper was uh just a sight to behold uh back then uh so and they're still out there doing their thing uh so uh check them out Uh, it's it's older stuff but i remember I remember when I first listened to Stripe, when I first saw them, I was looking at the record store back in, this would have been 1980, I'm guessing 83, maybe even 82. Um, And um, I saw uh, their first record, The Yellow and Black Attack, and it was a piece of uh, printed vinyl, and it had the... You know, this yellow and black, and, and you see God's finger pointing down and these missiles and, and it's a striper, and I'm like, wow, what is going on with this? Uh, but it was on a um, they were on a record label that was traditionally, it was like a Southern California heavy metal label. And so I'm like, okay, cool. Well, I'm gonna check these guys out. And I bought the record and I listened to it, and I was like, you know what? I think these guys are Christian. I'm I'm pretty sure these guys are Christian. I'm looking and, and doing more and Sure enough, you know, a lot of us didn't know they were a Christian band when we first uh, got into them, and uh, it was uh, it was really something back in the '80s when they they uh, got big. And I remember at one point they were on the MTV, you know, top ten videos, and and people knew it. But um, uh, anything, any particular reason why this song, Bill?
1: What I love about this song is it talks about the crucifixion of Jesus. So I know it's an eighties hair band, first of all, that I love, I love eighties music. This reminds me of eighties music. There's a nice guitar riff in it that it just it pumps me up every time I hear it. And so like, for me, I get the gospel, I get the whole reason why Jesus did what he did on the cross. It talks about Pilate and him going in front of Pilate and um, going up on the cross. It's just, there's so much meat in this song that mm-hmm. i i can't I, I just love it i just love it it pumps me up every time it gives me hope it gives me joy it gives me a big smile on my face uh, yeah. to hear it
0: yeah and it does it tells that whole story of what christ did and, and what he faced yeah. in uh you know just a nice little um tight little song there yeah. Uh, so yeah excellent 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 um i'm gonna i'm gonna make a note to myself to put more striper in a song of the week and <laughs> just get people aware of what's going on with them because uh I, you know one of the things I always loved about them because back in the 80s a lot of people do that that picture disc thing and I have a bunch of different striper picture discs uh with you know images and photographs and and whatever on them it was it was great I, I guess the first one I got wasn't a picture it was yellow vinyl though it was on on yellow vinyl I thought well, that's interesting um and uh yeah, yeah, and then uh, I don't know if you remember their second album, Soldiers in Command. They had this cool A Team van uh, thing going, all Jesus out and Stripered out. It yes. was, yeah, pretty epic. So, all right, man, Memory Lane. Uh, that is on the album Fallen, by the way, uh, from nineteen or two thousand fifteen. Uh, if you're interested in checking it out, and uh, I'm pretty sure most of Striper's music is on Apple Music and Spotify, so uh, check them out. Uh, if you don't like it, well. Uh, you're wrong. So what else can I say? <laughs> I agree. You're wrong. Um, so, so Bill, um, you've been working now with uh, prison fellowship for a couple of years. You're coming up, you're coming up on your two-year anniversary yeah. real soon. And I remember I met you, I was in Bakersfield to hear a guy uh, share his testimony, uh, our friend TJ. Yep. And uh, I don't know if it was him or Maybe it was Jim D'Amato, but one of them said, you've got to meet the new prison fellowship uh, field director Is here. He just started, and I remember you had your car, and the stuff was in boxes in the back of your car, and you were just fresh off the boat with PF, and we just got connected and uh, started working. Yeah,
1: I think I'd been on, like, maybe two or three weeks. It was less than a month. And uh, actually, I think you were the first person that I actually met – talk about like what we could do together and all yeah. the opportunities, all these, all these glorious opportunities that we could do together. And so, uh, that really started us talking and then working our way up to like a friendship that we have now today. Uh, yeah, and like all the amazing stuff that we've been able to do together, um, for the ministry, it's been pretty phenomenal, truthfully.
0: So, Prison fellowship, from the words, you can hopefully figure out that we go into prisons and we do fellowship, but it's a lot more than just those two words. What what kind of programs do you set up in the prisons when you approach a prison? What do you have to to offer as program for inmates or for staff or to make the warden think, okay, this is something I want to have at my institution? So the main program that we
1: have, it's, and it's with, and it's not just California alone, it's all the states. So all 50 states that we go into. So the main one that we have is called the Academy. Now to make it easy for everybody. So I don't go into a huge rant about the Academy. The Academy targets specific areas within a person's, I'll say hurts, habits, and hangups. shout out to all the CR people. And so um, the academy starts targeting certain areas, what we call crimiogenic risk factors. Now, to dumb that down, crimiogenic risk factors are this. It's all the antisocial qualities that a person attains from a very young age. So you're talking about, don't trust the police, don't trust the government, don't trust anybody in uniform, all these don't trust, all right? So we take all these antisocial qualities, and now we start inserting truth. We start inserting these pro-social qualities in this person. Well, let's start analyzing all these antisocial and go, well, why? Who'd you hear this from? And go, well, doesn't that contradict what the Bible says? And so we start inserting truth and using the Bible as that, that spear or as that sword to start hacking down all those antisocial qualities to start turning them into pro-social qualities. So typically our classes for the academy are two nights a week. So we have one dealing with all the antisocial issues. And then our next night deal starts dealing with topical issues. Now, you might go, well, what do you mean by topical issues? Now, what I'm talking about is topical issues, such as I'll use a curriculum called Alpha. This is a basic tool that we use to teach people about the fundamental qualities of Jesus. Why did he come? What was his purpose? And so we start inserting all these truths about Christ and the gospels and why they should be important to that person. Now, it's it's up to that person to either take that wholeheartedly and start working mm-hmm. on themselves or just kind of sit back and go, well, you know, I'm going to sit on this and because I've heard this before and see what else happens. That's totally fine. Our program is open to anybody and everybody who wants to take it. It's not just based for Christians. It's open for everybody inside the prison. So we don't hold back at all so and then we you know teach them too about how to manage their money uh if i can i'll try to get a third day celebrate recovery is a big part of my life so i push for to get a third day so we can have celebrate recovery because i think that's a fundamental tool to help everybody's uh hurts habits and hang-ups and issues within their life and honest and honestly that program if really really helps the class because everybody's dealing with issues. Even the ones who are extremely quiet, everybody's dealing with something, whether it's addiction, whether it's codependency, they're dealing with something in their life at that time, um, banging. This helps them break this cycle that Satan had a hold on them. So I try to push for Celebrate Recovery as much as I can, or go to those CRs and find people who are willing to go inside prison, because truthfully, without... Without breaking those bonds that Satan has on people, we're never going to get to them. But if we're able to knock right. a couple chains off and break those chains, hey, you know what? That's one less bonded person, person in the world.
0: Right. Now you said that you know anybody is welcome in the classes, mm-hmm. but the the curriculum is is a Christian based. Yes. So Christian based. So uh, we don't. You don't require. That they are Christians, but everything and even the like the financial stuff—it's all from a Christian standpoint. Yes,
1: it is. And they're told. I come in at the very first class, introduce myself, and let them know, hey, this is a Christian. We have Christian principles in this class and Christian foundations in this class, and even though that sometimes we not we might not be t- teaching like. Christian uh, theology, but there is Christian principles behind everything. And so Mm -hmm. they know from the very get-go that this is a fundamental Christian class. But the whole point of the entire class is to affect recidivism. Now, what is recidivism? Because that's a $12 word that people don't hear too much about. Recidivism is basically when someone gets out, and then they get caught up again, and they go back in. All right, so that's that's pretty much the easiest way to explain it. It's getting caught up by the by the law, and going back into prison, and they're not bettering themselves. It's actually the reverse. So what we're right. what we're trying to do is make a dent in that recidivism um,
0: issue within the prisons. Wow! And so now you've used two words that I should have used as words of the week. <laughs> the, <laughs>
1: and recidivism yeah
0: Yeah. (laughs) um so you said you go in at the beginning you introduce yourself do you call yourself uh bill what do you do you go by anything special
1: in the prisons i go by bill or mr maxwell now if i go in with you it's a whole different ball game because i get nicknames
0: (laughs) yeah yeah first time uh, bill came in i he i said you know i I don't remember how it started but i'm guessing i said well what do you want to call you said oh whatever and so i said well this is Beautiful Bill, <laughs> and then we changed it to Wonderful William. Yeah. Hey, cause and uh, the, name the guys have not let go of no, that.
1: No, no, they haven't <laughs> at all. And it's it's a running joke, but you know what? I, I appreciate it because it's it, they always smile when they see me, and I can hear it down the hall as we're walking up to the class together. <laughs> hey, that's beautiful, Bill, and so. Um,
0: Thank you for that. I, I, I Yeah, well, you know, I'm here, I'm here for you. Um, so uh, another thing that uh, people can do to get involved with Prison Fellowship, you know, becoming a, uh, uh, a volunteer inside, working with uh, any of the programs you have, whether it's Academy or Toomey or whatever, that is something. Um, but can you talk a little bit about um, Angel Tree and the HOPE events for maybe people who don't wanna make a big commitment inside but maybe want to take a quick trip or just help yeah
1: definitely so it we have two other programs angel tree is basically we're getting applications from those who are incarcerated and it's giving gifts during christmas time to the children of who have parents inside prison all right typically we we partner with the church we partner with the church and the church on our behalf will go out and purchase presents for the children and deliver it to them. Now, for me, I think this is a great outreach for the church to do within, uh, within their area. It's a way to get people who really don't know about their church interacting with their church. So Angel Tree is a great way to really reach out and start a outreach type of opportunity So that's one way we can do it. Now we have hope events. A hope event is like a little mini revival that we do on a yard, okay? So basically it's a two to, I'll say two to four hour event, uh, typically on a weekend. And we bring in artists, uh, pastors to come in to give the message, or we have other speakers kind of doing like a little, really a little event, mini event on the yard. And so we'll have anywhere from 200 to 400 uh, inmates on the yard. We go out there, we give them the gospel, we do an altar call. And I mean, you witnessed the altar calls. They're absolutely amazing. I mean, they for me, seeing an altar call and seeing the men and women respond, it's breathtaking. It's heart-wrenching. It, it literally makes me want to cry every time. Because yeah. whether either they're giving their life to Christ for the first time they're reaffirming their life for Christ. They're making a decision for Christ. And yeah. That's what it comes down to. And it absolutely blows me away every single time we do it. Yeah.
0: So if a person out there listening is interested in getting involved, either going in with a big commitment uh, to teach a program such as uh, uh, the Academy or just a small one-time commitment with the Hope event, how can they get more information so they can help in a prison where they are?
1: Yeah, definitely. So they can go to prisonfellowship.org. So that's prisonfellowship.org. And what they do on the upper right-hand corner, there's a little box that says volunteer. They click on that. It'll bring you to another screen. So you scroll down a couple ways and it'll say you either can play in English or in Spanish. And Fill out that form, it'll go to a field director wherever you're located, and that field director will get in touch with you and see how you could fit into um, the ministry.
0: Excellent, and I'm laughing because I forgot to turn off the sound on my iPad and (laughs) my calendar just reminded me that Uh, tomorrow I need to go in to teach to uh, at the prison uh, so to me is another program we offer through prison fellowship. Yes. so I still got it in my calendar because I'm I'm just counting on the fact that we will be back I'm not gonna take it out of there I'm not gonna mute the, the thing I just get reminded every week because it reminds me uh, to pray for those guys uh, that are in those programs um, and uh, same thing with, with Angel Tree. Is it a similar thing or do they have their own?
1: Angel Tree can be applied for uh, for on the same site. We also have an Angel Tree do- drop down menu. If you go to resources, I believe in the to- uh, top right, also, uh, they'll have an like, Angel Tree section that you can go over there and read uh, about Angel Tree.
0: Yeah. And Prison Fellowship is a, a nonprofit group. Uh, so donations made to angel tree or to help the the ministry tax deductible so if you're looking for a great place to uh, to give some money this is uh just i mean it changes lives it, it does it's, i've seen so many lives just in the time that i've been working the couple of years in the prison working i've seen lives changed i've seen families changed and it's it's just um you know, I tried to get my wife to come with me, and until she went to a Hope event and saw that altar call and had these tough dudes with tattoos on their faces come up and look around so no one could see and let themselves cry in front of her while she prayed, she she didn't get it. And after that, she, and she told me as we were doing she said, you know, once these prisons open back up, I want to be in there more than I am. I want to do, do more work with them because she really has been blessed by it. And uh, I know I've been on both ends of the program. I've been a a consumer and a provider. And as a consumer, it was great. I mean, it it keeps you, gives you something to do, keeps you out of the mess and, uh, you know, occupies some time. And it's nice to see people coming in care. But I get so much more blessed as a provider than I even did as a consumer because seeing that change and knowing the difference that I'm making in someone's life each week uh, is, uh, it's, it's magnificent. So I'm really glad that I've had the opportunity. Um, it's a fantastic thing to do. I highly encourage you to, if nothing else, uh, get involved with angel tree and hope event, because that's relatively, you know, low commitment level. Uh, if you're not sure that you're ready to commit to a once a week for a year or twice a week for a year, don't do it because, you know, one of the worst things you can do is say, yeah, I want to do this and be all fired up. And then after a month, you're like, yeah, I don't want to do it. And now we've got to you know, either find a replacement or stop a program. You know, stopping a program in the prison is a great way to get it to not ever happen again. Uh, So, uh, you know, I I don't want everyone just to rush out and and volunteer for big things, but try out some small stuff. Um, Talk to people around you. You you may know someone who's helped in your local prison, especially if you're fairly close to one, um, because a lot of people go in for a lot of different things. Uh, But um, Bill, thank you so much, for taking the time to uh, to be here. We'll have to have you back on when the prisons open back up in 2027 or whenever <laughs> it is. Uh, yeah. And, and we've actually got something to do. Yeah, well, you know what? Um, and, but even with the prisons closed, uh, folks, I know that Angel Tree is still going on this year, so we could still use your donations for Angel Tree. And uh, if you contact your local Celebrate Recovery, um, there's a great chance that they might be hosting an Angel Tree party for kids. Um, and so please, uh, contact your local Celebrate Recovery, contact your local, uh, prison fellowship field director, um, or just go online to prisonfellowship.org to get involved.
1: Yeah. And also if they go to YouTube and type in prison fellowship, we have a huge YouTube channel. And so they can go on there and kind of get a little taste of what we really do also. And kind of see firsthand what we do inside and outside of prison.
0: Excellent. So, so we've heard your mess, Bill. What's the message out of your mess for these people?
1: <laughs> you know, even a person who used to put people into prison, I get more satisfaction of going into prison and setting those people free.
0: Yeah. That's- yeah. That is, that is pretty nice. You've, you've got the keys working in both directions. <laughs> That's excellent. Have, have you, have you run into anybody that, um, you uh arrested yet i have actually it's kind of how did that go
1: actually really well because it gave me a lot of cred- credibility in the class because that person met me pre god and they met me oh. after
0: christ oh nice so they got to
1: see both worlds of me and uh they it gave me a lot of credibility and the guys really looked up to me after that
0: outstanding outstanding well uh really appreciate your time uh thanks for being here people don't forget to uh go and give us a rating wherever you're listening to this rate the show give it a review uh check out the book check out our social media share the show your on so- your social media every tuesday put that hashtag tune in tuesday and um would love to have you join us as a patron to uh do the show uh as well um bill has sent me his email which is um...
1: bill underscore Maxwell M A X W E L L at P F M.
0: So that's P is in Paul, F is in Frank, M is in Mary. dot org. All right, Bill underscore Maxwell at pfm.org if you want more information. He is the man to do it, especially if you're in, uh, in the Central uh, Valley area of California. Bill, do you have any special areas that you're uh, looking particularly right now, if we've got listeners in those areas, that they might... Yeah, um,
1: definitely. Tehachapi, Corcoran, and the Substance Beach Treatment Facility, Pleasant Valley, which is in Kalinga, right near the beach, uh, California Men's Colony, which is in San Luis Obispo, I
0: just drove past there the other day,
1: (laughs) which is at the beach and, uh, Avenal. So those are the main targets. And then I just, uh, also I'm helping out at, uh, the the women's facility in Chowchilla. So any, any one of those, I'm always, if you're in Bakersfield Kern County and all those prisons around there, I'm always need more volunteers to get more programs started because they want them.
0: Perfect. All right. Well, thank you so much, Bill, for your time. Thank you for listening, uh, folks, and uh, we will see you next time we mess it up. Thanks, guys.